Welcome to the Morning Skate, episode 199. We're almost at 200 episodes, guys. Uh, actually, coincidentally, we have a big podcast interview lined up for tomorrow, which I think would be the perfect 200th episode. So things happen for a reason, I suppose. That couldn't have worked out any better. You guys will find out more about that later this week. But you got your host, Ked, here, resident Rangers guy, uh, first-class asshole, definitely a pretender. Um, I'm hanging out with Hal, who... I'm going to give him some fucking credit, guys. Uh, it's 9.39 at night. He's got to work tomorrow. I'm sure he's got the Sunday scaries going right now. Earlier today, I asked him when we're podcasting. He gave me the I can't do it this week. So I was scrambling a little bit to find it. And then at about 8 o'clock, he's like, yeah, dude, never mind. I can do it. So we hop on. I'm like, what Like, what'd you have going on? He's like, I just didn't really feel like doing it. But he pulled through. How's here? How's it going, buddy? It's just a little hooky, dude. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to. I didn't really think about it uh 200 you're, episodes yeah you're like That's an you're like an addict dude like like you haven't skipped one all year and you got one and now you got like a the taste for it yeah i know that's true dude i did kind of remember what it felt like i usually go on it part of me feels like uh this year condensed schedule right so as a, as a fan um as a podcaster a lot of info coming in hot maybe i just need a vacation no real all-star break to speak of you know uh so maybe that maybe i'm kind of lagging a little bit but two i wanted to say great uh speaking on the being lazy front it's great that our guest uh coming up you can believe that if you have to uh we'll be able to take the 200th episode and it'll be fitting and we don't have to pretend to come up with like an award show or something because we would have had to like 200 i mean how 200 that's a lot man it's kind of in a weird way something to be proud of i guess but you're right, dude. Like, thank God we don't have to like kind of put together like a PowerPoint presentation with all of our executives and like try to figure out what we're going to do for it. No, hundred percent. And that's like, I don't know if this is accurate, but I was thinking, uh, one podcast, right. Usually somewhere like an hour, an hour, a half, usually we have like 30 minutes or an hour before. So, right. So maybe two hours we're on each time, uh, 20, 24,000 minutes. Uh, we've been doing this. So that's a lot of time that we won't get back. <laughs> I wonder what I, I what does that equate to? How many minutes are there in a day? Don't do that to me. Yet. We'll do. Think about that. I'm gonna keep talking. Figure out that number if you can. Um, but yeah, guys. So before we kind of get into NHL news, I want to bring up Canine Brands. Check them guys out. Uh, just been fucking hammering the lotion, obviously, and the sleep spray. Uh, th- we have some uh, some. I don't think it's new stuff, but it's going to be coming your way. Oh, actually, yeah, it's going to be new stuff. Not from it's, them. Uh, they're going to be doing giveaways in, in the month of May for Can I Brand. So head on a swivel for that. It's TMS25 promo code. Go head over to Can I Brands. All your CBD needs, 75% in the NHL locker rooms. Like, And what's kind of cool is people have been reaching out to us and be like, hey, like we use it and we like it. We continue to use it. So if somebody else is doing it, like Cool Kids Club, dude, not trying to peer pressure you, but figure it out. So Can I Brands. TMS 25. That's the promo code. How? That's uh, so it's about 16.6 days of podcasting. It's a lot of days to talk about like Mike Ricci and Adam McQuaid and Dylan McElrath on repeat. You know, it's kind of sad. I'm pretty sure I played 16 days of call of duty too. So that's a month of your life that you can equate to these two things. Is that a fact? They have like a timekeeper for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll look up yours. Uh, you're, you're kind of up there too, but yeah. Fuck man. That's a lot of podcasting. If you guys want to say thank you, that'd be cool. Um, We're going to go into NHL news now. 
All right, NHL in the news. Ked's going to take the first one. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, San Jose Sharks. He tied Gordie Howe's record of 1,767 games played in the NHL. He has appeared in at least one game with 37% of every player who has ever played in the 104 history of the league. That He's played with 3,009 players out of 8,100 people. That's insane. Doesn't really make sense. I had to like do the math. I guess it makes sense when you realize. Wait, wait, like wait. So that's not from Reddit. That's from your brain. No, that is not from my brain, dude. That's okay. from like Twitter. Okay. Someone tweeted that stat out. I could have not found <laughs> that. That's like someone who like knows like analytics and like has like computer programs. I feel like comes up with that stat for you. Definitely. But crazy, crazy to think about, right? But I mean, league started out six teams. There's probably only like farmhands. I don't think there was as many. So still an insane number that doesn't like really make sense. All right. So here's my question for you. First word. I Okay. Just tell me the first word that comes to mind when I say this. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Patrick Marlowe. Ooh, I, I don't really want to say what I was going to say because it's kind of mean. Well, um, well, tone down the meanness of your thing and let's get to get to beyond the facts of why you don't like Patrick Marlowe. No, I do like Patrick. So I do like Patrick Marlowe. The word was disappointment. I was just. The reason I put up the word disappointment, and this it kind of sucks to say because I, I want to tread carefully because, one, this is an awesome achievement. I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Marlowe, but in my brain, and I feel like a lot of hockey people's brains, when I think part Patrick Marlowe, I think about the Vlasic, Thornton, Marlowe teams that just couldn't get over the hump, and they made it to, like, deep in the playoffs or they get upset early after, like, winning President's Trophies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Jonathan Chichu days, they were just electric, and, like, it's nothing against – Patrick Marlowe, but unfortunately, to me, it's just that whole San Jose team. Like, that's just kind of how I'll remember them, and that's how hockey history will remember them too. Ultimately, you know. No, a hundred percent. Is it weird that my first word was professional? Like, I just no. get every time I've seen that guy, he just looks like the ultimate pro. No, like he I, plays the game the right way. I, I doubt he's ever been suspended. He scores a shit ton of fucking goals. Like, he. Patrick Marlowe was a fucking awesome. It still is. Well, mm. he's got like eight points in 30 games this year. Like, so not still awesome, but you know, it's, I mean. it's one of those things where that's another thing I wanted to bring up. I don't know how I feel about there's a side of hockey Twitter that's like, this doesn't matter. Like, if he wasn't going for this record, he wouldn't be playing. I think that's kind of harsh. Like, I think, Damn, I, dude. I, Holy I, shit. Yeah. And because people's arguments like Gordy Howe is a point per game player basically until he retired. Gordy Howe also played 400 games in the WHA. So like so like you look at it that way and like how he was actually like a member of the team and and Marlowe's kind of like arguably one of the worst players on the Sharks. Right. Like I said, like eight points in like 30 something games not really producing like he used to. It feels like he might be there just because of this achievement. But at the same time. Like the Sharks aren't good this year, and like, and like I know I've kind of talked negatively about Patrick Marlowe, but and I talked negatively about when he got signed in Toronto. I thought it made no sense because they didn't stick to the rebuild, and I still uh, stick to my guns on that one. I think I was right, but I think you can't overlook like the impact he had on a young Mitch Marner, who like before all Mitch Marner knew was like his dad talking to him, and then you see, and then you see like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner hanging out with Patrick Marlowe all the time. Like that pays dividends into like what the Maple Leafs are doing now. And I think, and I, and I, the other thing, and I know I'm ranting, uh, that I was thinking about with the word disappointment, go off, King, uh, was when he got stripped of the C. Like, that was super awkward, too. Like, that was right around that time. And I don't think he ever got the C back. He was always an A. Um, 
I don't know. That's that's the other reason. I always I don't really remember what was going on then, but there was just a ton of controversy around the Sharks, and it seemed like and it seemed like Joe Thornton was like getting stripped of captaincy too. I think over there, and it kind of took Brett Burns bringing the zoo to town to like change the culture again to make it positive. I feel like it was starting to like the Wells boat kind of drying up. Um, so yeah, that's what I have. Like Patrick Marlowe to me is a Hall of Famer. He's just kind of an interesting case of a career. Can you do me a favor while while I do a short rant? Could you look up the list of San Jose captains? Because I think that they stripped two people of the captaincy before they got the Logan Couture. I might be wrong there, but that's that's got to feel so weird. Like even Dustin Brown was stripped of the captaincy. How do you still keep that guy around? Like, hey, dude, like you're sick, but not that sick, but we still want you here. Like, I don't know how that would be. While you're looking that up, I. Uh, like I agree with you with the Toronto thing. They didn't stick to the rebuild. That's not a Toronto's problem. I'm okay with Patrick Marlowe wanting to go out and get his cup. It sucked that it didn't happen, that he didn't realize that it wasn't year five of that rebuild. But I, I don't know. You can't hate on a guy for trying to get out there and win a cup and like scored a lot of fucking goals. Scored a lot of goals and like and you're right, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I mean, there's I'm sure they would still be good, but you you gotta believe Patrick Marlowe definitely like is a huge part of the hockey player that they become. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent looked it up. So after Patrick Marlowe was captain, uh, Rob Blake was captain for a year. I feel like that was just like a veteran thing. And then Joe Thornton until 2013, 2014. And then that was the weird year where Marlowe, Pavelski, Thornton, Vlasic were all assistants. Uh, and then it ended up being Pavelski C. So Pavelski basically passed. Thornton and Marlowe, who had both been captain. So there was like three guys who had all been captain of the franchise on the same team. Kind of a weird dynamic. And then Pavelski leaves and they name Logan Couture captain while they've already had two other guys on their team that have been captains. Yeah, I think at that point when uh, Logan <laughs> Couture became captain, Marlowe was still with the Leafs or he was with the Penguins that one year, but Thornton was definitely there. So you're right. That's <laughs> weird. But I mean, that's played 37 percent of the people that played the game of the NHL. It's fucking do you do you think we just came off way too negative? Like people are pissed off about what no, we dude. Said? I don't think so. I do, you're not calling Patrick Marlowe a disappointment at all. You're just disappointed that like those it's more of the team. team. Yeah, like, that team never won a cup, dude. Like you I bet if Ray Bork never won a cup and you ask people what the first thing first word when you hear Ray Bork, it'd probably be the same fucking thing, right? Like it actually that's a great example. Fucking god damn it, my brain. Sometimes. But yeah. Next one, next topic. I'll introduce it. I wanted to bring this one up. Anthony Mantha. I was super critical of this trade. I talked about how I think he floats a ton. Red Wings fans never felt like they got what they wanted out of him. He's got four goals in his first four games. Uh, Bruins played the Capitals today. And Mantha, Backstrom, Oshie, second line, kind of legitimate. So he's he's heating up. You were You were a fan of the Caps getting Anthony Mantha. What do you have on this? I mean, I called it, right? Like, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, <coughs> a lot. I feel like you could put pretty much anybody with Backstrom and Oshie, and you'd probably be able to produce pretty much. But, like, Mantha, big body, you're right. He does have four goals. It seems like he kind of has, like, that little bit of a swagger to him now. That swagger that I think he first had when he got to the Red Wings. I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm so clueless about the Detroit Red Wings. Like, <laughs> on a list of things that I don't want to do, watch a Red Wings game is up there for me. But I, I just think maybe if they get good again, I'd probably want to watch one, but I just, I don't care. Fair enough. Uh, I put this one in here. Cause I feel like this is something maybe you've dealt with. that's <laughs> relatable to me. So it came out 
Yarzman tried to call Mantha to let him know he was traded and Mantha was taking a nap. Basically woke up from a text from Stevie Y being like, call me as soon as possible. I mean, that's a tough way to wake up from a nap. There's nothing more alarming than like waking up from like a nap or like a night out and your phone's just completely blown up. <laughs> Think about getting a, a text from anybody that says, call me as soon as possible and tell me your anxiety is not peak. Yeah. It's like, you got to like, and that's, and that's like a generational thing too, where I wonder like, I know it's like informal to just text somebody that, but like, I wonder if the future GMs will just like shoot like a fucking Instagram DM and be like, Hey man, I traded you. I don't know, man. Cause what's more nerve wracking. At least, you know, it's probably like a shitty way out. Um, do you think Eidsman thought Mantha knew that he traded him and Mantha was like big league in him? Maybe. Maybe. No, I don't think so. I mean, Mantha said he was asleep for sure. So I, I yeah, mean, Eidsman doesn't know that. Yeah, but what's your point, Mantha's, I yeah, think I'm Mantha's- just saying. I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> maybe Steve Eidsman called them. Anthony Mantha didn't pick up. He's like, "Fuck! I traded this guy. He found out. He hates me. Hey, dude, call me back as soon as possible." Maybe. I, I mean, that's the story. Mantha's, Mantha's the one who told that story, I think. So unless Mantha's trying to control the narrative, which happens frequently, uh, according to us. So that could be the case. <laughs> Life's about making memories and controlling narratives. And yeah. you, also, you also put Jacob Verona had his first, uh, score in his first game too. Yeah, and the Red Wings won three straight. I don't really have a ton on that. I just wanted to shout it out where I think if I could go back, and this is a knee-jerk reaction to my knee-jerk reaction of the trade, um, if I could go back, I would say I think this is an unbelievable trade for the Red Wings because they're not going to win a cup with Anthony Mantha, and he's a big body whose body's definitely not going to last <coughs> to when the Red Wings are actually relevant. Uh, but I think Veron is a great player, and I think he's going to continue to score, and that's something that team desperately needs. So that was good to see. Do you remember that one guy from uh, Full Tilt came on, Anthony, the Rangers guy? He just recently wrote a blog about how like Dylan Larkin is a player that the Rangers would want to go out and get. I just like do you think that Dylan Larkin's on the block? I don't even think that came from him. I think that came from like Elliot Friedman or somebody, but like you just named him captain. Do you think that they're looking to trade Dylan Larkin? I don't know. Maybe I I feel like Stevie Wise a weird one where he definitely could. I my initial gut reaction would be no. I think he kind of chose uh, I think he chose Larkin over Mantha basically in this trade, like on who he was going to build with. But at the same time, if Stevie Y thinks he can get really good value, I think maybe next year he explores at that. Like, I think he's not stupid and realizing they're nowhere close. And let's be real too. Dylan Larkin going to the Rangers instead of Jack Eichel would be like one of the most New York Rangers things of all time. Um, so I'm all on board for that. Cause I don't, Dylan Larkin, I mean, I agree with you. I try to watch Red Wing games, but like nationally, they're not on that much anymore because they stink and their fan base uh, is kind of withered, like attendance wise. So I don't think they like putting their arena. You don't notice that? I feel like. No, dude. You yeah, just, I mean, no, it has nothing to do with that. Withered is a great vocabulary word. You think? Yeah. I was kind of scrambling in my <laughs> brain. File that on words I didn't think you'd be using today. Yeah. So oh, I don't know where I was going. You, I was basically oh, wow. saying, I don't see, I don't see Larkin enough to like to rate his complete game. But based on what I see, I just don't know if he's as like, if he goes to another team, is he really like your number one center or is he like in the like art Ryan Nugent Hopkins range where he's like one of the best second line centers in the league. I know Hopkins Nugent Hopkins plays wings sometimes, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, where yeah. is he on that level? I'm just not, 
Sure, because well, he's never had a six center in front of him. <clears throat> well, I don't watch Red Wings games like you don't, but pretty much every time there's a USA roster, like Dylan Larkin's on it, so I'm assuming he's a fucking pretty good player. Remember, I remember being more involved with the Red Wings when like Larkin was like a rookie. Remember he came out and there were like those videos of him being like a kid, like shooting pucks in his basement and shit. Like Dylan yeah. Larkin, was, he was talked about a lot when he first came up, and like now it's kind of like he's on Detroit, and you're right, they're withered. So it's like, I I, I don't know, I. I don't know. And also Jack Eichel, great segue. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres kind of before we do that. Um, he had surgery to repair like a herniated disc up near his neck. I'm pretty sure I, that that's all hearsay. That might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if I really want that now. Is that fucked up to say? No, I mean, I didn't think – I didn't think from the jump what you guys were going to give up would make any sense for you. And as a Rangers fan, I don't want to spend the whole time on the Sabres talking about the Rangers, but as a, as a Rangers fan, if I were you, like you guys are doing pretty well right now. And like, I think you're seeing what your young players can do together. And I don't think forward is probably like your biggest concern. Obviously you have Adam Fox. Now Keandre Miller is going to be good, but maybe one more big defenseman. In my opinion, get Truba out of there. Get someone who's also yeah, I know Truba had a physical game, dude. So you're probably he's not leaving, people. dude. I well talk about Truba when we get into the Rangers, but that deal he signed, that deal in Kreider is gonna fuck them so bad. Like unless this ESPN deal allows players to get paid a little bit more, that's not gonna be a good one. I just I don't like the fact like I feel like a herniated disc in your neck that you had surgically repaired. I don't know if I'd wanna. I, I don't know m- enough about the injury, but like off the top of my head, that's not somebody that I would want to sign to a long-term deal. Yeah. I'm sure it's I'm, been done and shit, but like with concussions and all that shit, like, is this a thing where if you just get hit in the head slightly, like it could alter that and then you're out again. Like, I don't know how that works. I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't really understand that either, but uh, I feel like it's 2021. Like science is pretty good. Like McDavid's career almost ended. I think Jack Eichel will bounce back. I know you, I, 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 can, I, dude. I saw Friday night lights too. Booby miles. Like, you no, you want to know why the next thing bothers me is because Dale Earnhardt, when he passed away in the NASCAR, he wasn't wearing a Hans device and he had neck surgery earlier that year. So that's why neck surgery kind of, which plays back into the role of the t-shirt. I'm currently wearing this country time lemonade racing Neil Bonnet 51, same birthday as Hal. What is, uh, yeah, I was pumped to find that out. That's a great celebrity birthday match. The Hans device, that's what they call that, like, neck roll? Yeah, so before they didn't really have that. Now it kind of keeps your neck stabilized. But I don't think he he was wearing one. Or when they found him, like, it wasn't, like, connected properly. And he had neck, I don't know. I I think he was fucked. He hit a wall going 200 miles an hour. I don't don't know if that's really ever going to be, like, okay to come back from. But it's kind of funny to think about, like, Hans device is something that, like, saves your life. And then you got, like, a neck guard in hockey, which does nothing. And then, like, my f- personal favorite neck equipment's like a roll. Like, when a linebacker on a football team has that, like, neck, I don't even know what the fuck they call it. It's like a brace or a roll. Uh, it's a great look. It is. It, yeah, dude. Wait, is that not tough? Like, if I played yeah, high school dude. football, yes. like, I wouldn't have even been good, but I would have been like, Coach, I want to be the backup fullback, and I want to wear a neck roll and maybe play some special teams. Whenever – um. Like, this is a long time ago. Now, like, when I create players in Madden, I'm a quarterback. But back in the day when I would create players, I'd be, like, a running back, and I'd make sure he had, like, one of those neck rolls on, and he would just run over people. That's not like CAA football. Yeah, I would, too, and I'd always make sure that my guy had the bulldog face mask. 
I don't always, know. <laughs> always. Like, you're not tackling that guy. No, 100%. It's just a pure fear thing. Um, what a sports whoa. podcast we have going on right now. <laughs> so, Sabres, Sabres are mathematically eliminated from the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. Not really surprising there. Like, one of those things everyone knew was going to happen. I did want to touch on it. We kind of talked, I think, positively about the Granados last time. Love the Granados. Uh, so Granados uh, now coach the Sabres the more regulation wins this year five five wins in seventeen games and Ralph Kruger four and twenty eight games uh, kind of crazy to think about like the Sabres are playing loose um, I I think right now uh, five three and two in their last ten games like they're kind of just look like a ragtag group I don't so know I, how much you have on that let me look at let me look at this so. Granados won five in seventeen games. If they've won, if they won, if they went five, three, and two in their last ten, that means at the very least he lost his first seven. At the very least. Now, also remember, this is kind of like when the trade deadline was kind of going on, right? Like they got rid of Taylor Hall. I don't know if they made a move before that. Maybe I don't know. If you're that coach, I'm walking in that locker room. The only thing I'm saying to those guys is like, listen, like clearly like we're not making the playoffs, but like, do you, okay. I think of it this way. If you go to the bar and you try to wheel a girl who like loves hockey players and she asks you what team you're on, like, do you really want to say the Buffalo Sabres? So make that better. That's what I would say. Like, don't like, just don't be embarrassed, dude. Go out there and play hockey. Have fun. Like, yeah. And a lot of them are good too. Like they're high draft picks and like, I think even like I would like frame it to the players like this is your like career like it might suck right now but you're probably not going to get a better chance to get more ice time here in Buffalo Middlestat I think this is so funny dude Sabres fans are so pumped about Casey Middlestat now I will say I am a fan of Casey Middlestat I thought it was cool because I remember when he came up and he went to World Juniors and stuff he he was one of he played high school hockey all four years he never like got invited to USA National Camp till he got to college yeah yeah, and, like, he was kind of like a legend. Um, struggled for the first couple of years. Sabres were down, fans were down on him bad, and now they're acting like he's, like, the second coming. So I'm pumped for Casey Middlestat. I just feel like there are a ton of Sabres fans who acted like he was the worst player ever, and in reality, they just need to give the kid a fucking chance. You know, I don't know if you talk to enough Sabres fans for you to think it was Sabres fans. That was probably just a slander I was been giving Casey Middlestat ever since he got in the league. But you wanted Casey Middlestat, I feel like, and then he you were hoping he dropped. Am I wrong yeah. on that? No, I always – yeah, because was Middlestat – Middlestat might have been the year that was Leas Anderson's draft, I'm pretty sure. Um, Yeah, of course I did. He was American. He fucking ripped it up in World Juniors. Like, that was sick. And then, yeah, it's nice to see. And this – like, you have Anders Bjork. He has a goal and two assists in his first three games. That's pretty sick. Three games to me, I don't think it's enough of a serving size to kind of to feel something out. But if you if you have seven goals and three assists in your last eleven games, you're buzzing. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and it, it is. So you guys drafted Lies Anderson one pick above middle stat, right. which is why you probably hate him because right now, middle if like theoretically speaking, middle stat would be doing that for the Rangers and Lies Anderson's in LA or whatever the fuck he's doing. So that's kind of tough. Yeah, I just threw in the Anders Bjork thing just because Sabres fans are pumped. I'm going to like preface this the best I can too, because I'm trying not to be negative. I think I love Andres Bjork the player. I think the the reality is, is the Bruins are way better with Taylor Hall in the lineup, but I think yeah. Andres Bjork the player is an NHLer and he didn't really get a fair shake and he was in Bruce Cassidy's doghouse a ton, but he's never going to be like an elite finisher. You just have to realize if he's like a third line 
or maybe second line left wing if your team's not that great, but third line on a good team, he will do everything the right way and he goes 110%. So I'm happy to see him get points. He's also still super young, so I could see him carving out an NHL career as a second liner. And he played played USA Hockey with Jack Eichel, right? There was like a video that went viral. So, I mean, if Eichel's around next year, maybe that clicks. Who knows? That was the weirdest video. Have we talked about that? Where they, wow. uh, where like Anders Bjork said that everybody sees colors different. And then Jack Eichel was like, what color is my hat? And he was like, red. And Jack Eichel was like, yeah. Yeah. It, for some <laughs> reason, everybody thought it was hilarious. It was a cool video. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of I, – I don't know. I was uh, – I saw Worm earlier today. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I, did the Sabres just win? I think they just won a game today or yesterday or something like that. Yeah. And uh, somebody said something like, oh, yeah, it's the first win that they got all year, and everybody laughed, so it made me feel pretty good. But um, That's sick, Yeah, it's sick, dude. Hey, yeah. All right. I'll go with this one, speaking Ralph Kruger at European soccer. I don't know if you saw this today, but there's, like, huge soccer drama. I don't fucking understand soccer. I play a little FIFA. <laughs> but basically 12 teams, like, are, it's like – Arsenal, Manchester City, like the biggest teams in Spain, Italy, they're all leaving their leagues and doing one Super League. Wait, like, wait English teams too? Yeah, there's so AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico, Chelsea, Barcelona, International something, Juventus, Liverpool, Man City, Man U, Real Madrid, and Tottenham. Oh, wow. They're all going to a league, and they're basically getting banned, and they're saying some of their play- if their players go, they might not be able to play in like the World Cup. Like, it's all this different drama. Why? I, I don't know. Well, because, like, think about it. It does suck, like, that the Premier League won't be a Premier League anymore. Yeah, it's just going to be, like, the English League. Like, it kind of – it. I don't know. I, I guess, but, like, this, they're, making an, they're making an NHL. They're making the best players in the world playing – like, so we don't have to wait for fucking World Cup. Like, dude, those that those games will be sick. I guess, I guess. I just think there's something – I don't follow soccer enough, but I think there's something, like, historic about soccer. Do you know what I mean? Like, to us yeah. in America, it makes sense, but I feel like to some dude, like, sitting in, like, a pub oh, in, yeah. like, England good right point. now, he wants to kill somebody. Like, yeah, good like, point. If you're a fan of, like, Norwich City or some shit, like – and also, like, Arsenal, I think, stinks, and they got into the league, and they, they like, can't even, like, win a game in the Premier League. Well, you can't uh, have you can't have a everybody be good. So, so this is my question to you, and, and I I could have done six teams because I think it would have been easier. But I said hypothetically, if this happened in hockey and it was like the KHL, the Swedish league, the Finnish league, and they did like a super league, what would be the five NHL franchises that you think would get into the league? If you want, I can go first. Oh man, um, it'd be the original six minus somebody, I would think. Yeah, so I I thought about this a fucking ton, and I think you're probably gonna hate my answer because original six teams all came up when I, I I thought about it five teams. I would probably want at least two from Canada. The two from Canada are gonna be the Maple Leafs and the Habs, right? Like all day, every day. Those two teams have to be in there. They make a ton of money. And then you look at the four teams that make the most money in the USA. It's, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, I'm just grabbing the water. It's the Rangers, the Bruins, the Blackhawks and the Kings. And I was thinking about it like as a homer, I wanted the Bruins, but I think Rangers are an automatic, so that's three. Why, then, why are the Rangers an automatic in Boston? Because the, because the Rangers are way more profitable, and it's New York City. And I and then so I think Boston, about it. Like, yeah, but dude, think about all the championships Boston's won over the last like 20 years. We've won. Boston, Boston's – I'm not just talking – 
if we're talking about like platforms beyond like Boston, it's like we're talking cities. I don't really even think we're talking like teams, like players that you want. You want your major like fucking cities in it, and you'd want like Toronto, Montreal for sure. Chicago, want, I think, is another. Chicago, New York, and Boston would probably be mine. So my only beef with that is like I feel like, and I said this name earlier, but they make a ton of money. They have pretty good fan bases. The Kings. Like how you need like a West Coast team, I feel like. So I might go Kings over Bruins, just geographically speaking. Uh, but I just thought that was an interesting hypothetical. I had no idea this was going on. This is kind yeah, of- it happened today, dude. People are fucking. This is major uh, news, I would think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I don't really understand it. So if you actually like soccer and you just listen to me talk about it, I really apologize. But it seemed like it seemed like something that. Uh, like, if that happened in hockey, I don't even know what the equivalent of that being in hockey would be. Like, the only – because, like, the NHL is so much better than the other leagues. Like you said, all the best players come here where it's different in Europe. The only thing that always interests me, and people bring this up all the time, and I know it will never work, is if, like, AHL teams, it was a relegation system. That'd be sick. But That'd it would be so fucking cool. Yeah. Well, you get relegated to, like, the coast? <laughs> from the AHL, yeah, because that I mean, like the English that would be cool. Five leagues, so like AHL of the coast, that would be tough. Like, you imagine if like a, an NHL team fell to the Fed? <laughs> Did we ever figure out why the Fed was in trouble? No, I didn't. I don't know. I'm not touching that. The Fed's always in trouble. I feel like that's true. Uh, bring it back. Bring it. Connor McDavid has 70 points in 43 games. Uh, we don't really have much to talk about this, other than like, wow. <laughs> that's fucking insane. Really good. Right. It put, I think to me, like I know like Marshan's got like maybe 50 points or like Pasternak has like 38 or something like that. And you put it in perspective to the superstars on your team and then see that he's like, has like 30 more points than them. It's insane. I don't know. It's I don't, just, for, actually, if we're going point per game, I'm pretty sure it's McDavid dry and guess who's number three. Panarin. Panarin. Is there like a little bit of a gap there? Well, Panarin missed all those games because fucking member with I forget his name. The KHL guy said he beat the wheels off somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I forgot that Panarin was in hiding. Do you think people, people are like saying that if Panarin didn't miss those games, that we'd be in the playoffs? And and I don't know what to say. I don't hate I don't hate the Panarin for heart argument. That's not a bad argument. Uh, you know, what? Oh, although you know what, it is a bad argument because I just said Connor McDavid seventy one points in forty three games right now. I mean, dude, that's insane. Like, what? I don't. If you, how could you equate that? So usually in a regular season, there's 41, 41 games would be half of an eighty two regular season thing. So he's looking at almost one hundred forty point season, dude. Like, insane. It's been a while. Those are like 1990 video game numbers. Yeah, that's, that's like that's like create a pro like when you like, just dude, J- J- you just simulated the season. Jason Allison just had 101 points for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> yeah. Never makes any fucking sense. Um, next, uh, Oliver Eggman Larson. I thought this was cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this girl's name wrong, so I apologize. Basically, there was this. Um, Leighton Accardo, she was a nine-year-old girl who was a Coyotes fan, has died uh, in November of cancer. Um, and basically after the first period, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson got interviewed like at intermission. They were down two, and he guaranteed a win basically in her honor. And the Coyotes came back and won 3-2. Um, this so happened way cool. earlier, th- earlier this year? No, it happened on uh, it happened last night. 
It's probably why you didn't see it. Wait, she passed away in November, and then he guaranteed a game to her in April? Yeah, because what happened was she got, and I missed that part, um, she got put into, like, their, like, ring of honor, basically, like, like the Coyotes Hall of Fame, like, as an honorary member, and there was, like, a ceremony before the game. Um, so it was what, kind of, like, her night. What's a cooler name, uh, Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor? Uh, to me, so, to me, a Hall of Fame has more prestige. Like, it's it's classier, and then a Ring of Honor is, like, kind of, like, it's kind of, like, made up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you have a Ring of Honor, like, you can get, the like, the fan favorite who kind of sucked in there. Like, there's, diff- like, I feel like it's just, it's more relaxed. Like, Hall of Fame, you wear a suit to the induction ceremony. Ring of Honor, like, you wear a blazer in your best pair of jeans. That's probably why I think I would identify more with a <laughs> Ring of Honor. <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's fucking cool. That's really cool. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I had NHL Network on the other day and they were doing like the list. I don't know if it was like top moments in the NHL, but they did the Mark Messier guarantee when it was game six and he said we're winning and then he scored a hat trick. Uh, I'm so mad at myself right now because what? The next play on that, the one that should have been better than that was nowhere near better than that. And I remember looking at the TV and just turning it off. I fucking see it. <laughs> NHL Network, we've, I feel like we've given them a lot of praise this year. I will say their countdowns and their rankings and their lists suck. They're not good, dude. And you know what? Really quickly, I'll just throw this out there because it was I have three zeros of the week. So on the topic of NHL Network, one of my zeros of the week was Brian Law. And Brian Law, and I swear to God, he amazes me with what he says. I don't know why – he triggers me the way he does, but he said, um, he said, this was his quote. I know for a fact that a team offered a first round pick for Taylor Hall and there's more than one. It's like, no shit, bro. He had a no move clause. That's irrelevant. Like you think that's like a scoop. Like I'm sure there were teams out there that wanted Taylor Hall. that couldn't get him. You know what I mean? That's such a dumb statement. Yeah. And I don't know what point you're trying to make there. I feel like he's just trying to flex on us. That's my, He's just trying to flex on us. I Brian Lawton uh, is in my head. He's in my kitchen. How can we start doing things where, like, the ne- let's say the next time a Taylor Hall situation just happens, can we tweet out on our account, I know for a fact that this team was offered a first-round pick before Brian Lawton does? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could. That's a good one. Uh, Get out, dude. You got to cloud up a little bit. And then I think you put down – also, shout-out to how he did the doc. Uh, you're a fucking legend. I think we have a Calder race going on. Yeah, I didn't know. I just wanted your opinion on this. Jason Robertson of the Stars, uh, kind of out of nowhere this year. I think he started in the A, he got called up. A lot of people know his brother, Nick Robertson, who's that little kid uh, for the Leafs, who like led the OHL in scoring last year, and now he's like on the Leafs taxi squad. A couple California boys. I, I think Robertson, I guess, dropped heavily in his draft. He got drafted 39th overall in 2017, that same – uh, Elias Anderson draft probably would have been a better pick. Uh, 32 points in 38 games. He's playing on a line with two hockey players I love. I know the stars have sucked this year, and this shouldn't be your first line, but uh, he's playing with uh, Rope Hints. And love Rope. I and fucking Joe love. Oh, what a line! Yeah. Holy shit. Imagine being a rookie, and that's like the line that you get to play with. I love your, your centerman so fucking fast, and then your Wiley vet over there scores every time he touches the puck. That's pretty sick. So, so I. Right, he's kind of in a sick setup, and then you look at it uh, in the Calder race. Kaprizov's kind of cooled off a little bit. He's got 36 points in 43 games, and you have Robertson 30. 
in 38 games, 32 points. 11, uh, in 11 less games, he has two more points. Four more points. Oh, Ka- Capri- okay. Kaprizov has four more points, but okay, yeah. my bad. I was I thought Robertson had thirty eight. Never mind. I'm well, my my question to you, like, I don't think Norris, Stutzel, Ty Smith. I don't think any of those guys are going to catch those two. No, I think Kaprizov is probably the favorite because I still don't feel like people even talk about Robertson yet because he's playing for the Stars, and I feel like Kaprizov's kind of like the hot commodity. But if Robertson passes Kaprizov in points this year, like. I don't know. To me, Jason Robertson would be the answer. Less games, more production, playing first line minutes, trying to will the stars kind of like to a playoff berth. I don't I don't know. That's my take. Fuck. I gotta look this up. Um what is it? Talk it through. Uh Minnesota Wild starting lineups. Cause I know Kaprizov or Kaprizov, he's playing with Zook, but I forget who their centerman is. I think it's Victor Rask. Yeah, it is, which is kind of crazy that Victor Rask is their first-line center. I didn't know that. That's kind of a tough look. So, like, I would think that Robertson would put up more points playing with Hintz and Pavelski than Kaprizov would with Zuccarello and Rask, and that's not a knock on Zuccarello. That's a knock on Rask. I want to be clear. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that, and I get that point. I think you tweeted out Zuccarello's stat line, or you, like, favored it a tweet. It's unreal, dude. That guy. Uh, yeah, dude. Fu- Remember when the Rangers got less for him than what uh, Ottawa got for Ryan fucking Dezingle? How'd that work out? <laughs> I yeah. knew that. Do you remember me being pissed about that? You still I, hate Dezingle. Oh, what a uh, Really quick on uh, Minnesota Wild Talk, too. I saw a highlight uh, from their game – Saturday night, Nico Sturm, who lit it up at Clarkson like a couple of years ago. He's like their fourth line center now. He had just a classic wraparound goal. Um, wow, don't you don't see them that often anymore. That's what I was going to say. Just a clean wraparound where they like fake the goalie out and then go all the way around for the nice talk. Like you don't see him often. And it's kind of beautiful to see when you do. I One of my f- favorite goals to score back in like playing like real hockey was a wraparound, but you got stuffed on that post, and then you just start fucking hammering away at that puck, and it just eventually goes in, and it, and it always causes a scrum. So not only do you score, you also your your hands are up, dude. Like fuck, man, I miss that. And you mentioned Sturm. Is that the son of Bruin Sturm? No, I don't think so. And they're both okay. German too, which is even weirder. Okay, well, there it is. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'll depend on what they end up finishing with, but. I would think Kaprizov's a little bit more important to the Wild than Robertson is in Minnesota. Yeah, he probably is at the end of the day. You're right. But it's just like watching like a second-round pick in his first year go off um, is a good thing. And like, I'm, Oh, I'm pretty sure his brother was drafted by the Leafs. Yeah, I talked about that. Yeah, he was that little kid. So it would be really funny if the, the Leafs guy doesn't have a, like, a great career and this guy does. Leafs fans will fucking freak. Like how much added pressure is on this Robertson kid now in Toronto? Well, I feel like too. Um, so Nick Robertson, like he, he was, I think he he was a second round draft pick too, and he was actually drafted after his brother. But because he like led the OHL in scoring last year, um, he was kind of like regarded higher. But yeah, I don't. The, so the weird thing to me is Jason Robertson, the Dallas Star rookie, is six three, and then Nick Robertson, the little brother, is five nine. So it's like, how often do you have two brothers? One's five nine, one six three. How the fuck does that work? That's Seriously, like me, you know any brothers that are that far apart, bro. That's like me walking around with clap. 
Right, and you would be brothers. And we would be brothers. I would be so fucking pissed if my brother was 6'3 and I was 5'8. I need to get the stat line of his dad and mom, too. Like, how, how does that equate? I don't know, dude. I would be so mad if I had a brother that was 6'3. I know, right? Because that's the other thing, too, is like I think Nick Robertson's probably arguably still the better prospect. Maybe. Maybe I'm just buying the hype, and it really is. I'm talking about prospect, dude. I'm just talking about, like, chicks love tall dudes. Like, you on TikTok, (laughs) they they always have, like, those, oh, you need to be tall, and it's like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. No, I get get what you're saying, too, but from the same time, like, as a hockey player, wouldn't it piss you off if your older brother could just, like, like, how much easier is it to transition the NHL as a 6'3 rookie compared to a 5'9 rookie? I think it would depend. Like if you're if you're five eight and you're flying and like you're supposed Which to be does, a prospect, then maybe that's kind of cool. Where it's just like, yeah, my brother's a big dope, but it looks like this kid's fucking lining it up too. So I don't know. Let's that's a Calder talk. Calder talk. Moving on to the Rangers. Um, <clears throat> I want to preface this with: we just beat the Devils fourth grade. Everybody in New York believes a playoff opportunity is upon us. Um. I think what people need to kind of sit back and realize is we just played an AHL team essentially for four, four games in a row. They, they traded people. Uh, Pavel Zaka's out of the lineup. Jesper Bratt's out of the lineup. This isn't, this isn't, you're not playing the fucking, the Boston Bruins. You know what I mean? It is good that they won four straight. I'm, I'm trying to think the only other real negative thing is they've had great opening like periods. And then they kind of let the devils back in at least the last two games. I didn't watch today's game. I had shit going on. I'm going to probably watch it after this podcast, but they got to stay on. And I just really hope that this team doesn't think that the other teams are going to be like the devils. Like, I hope that they don't come in and play. I think they have the flyers next which would be a little bit of a test. Thank God it's the Flyers and not the Bruins. Like, if we came in and played the Bruins and we thought we played sick and the Devils and then just got pumped because, like, I don't know. But here's some things. <coughs> Ked Talk. Artemi Panarin is the greatest free agent signing in New York Rangers history. He now has more points in his first 100 games as a Ranger than Mark Messier. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. It feels good <laughs> that the first time – it feels good the first time that the Rangers got somebody that lived up to what they thought he could live up to. I don't even care if he like fucking doesn't do anything now. Like the, these like first, however many seasons with Panarin, it's so much fun to watch hockey when you have a fucking absolute superstar. If you took Rick Nash away from those teams that Rick Nash were on and you put Artemi Panarin on those teams, the Rangers probably win two cups. I would think, and I'm pretty confident about that. Rick Nash, oh, he does all the little things. Well, you paid him $8 million not to just do the little things. You paid him $8 million a year to do exactly what Artemi Panarin is doing in New York right now. He is so fucking good, dude. And, like, it just – I've always been so jealous of all these other teams because when you think of the Rangers, right, over the last, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, who's the number one player you think of? You think of Henrik Lundqvist. Do you think the Rangers built from their goalie out, right? When is yeah. the last time the Rangers had an offensive player – where he had the puck and you're like, oh shit, maybe Gabrick a little bit. Yager was good. I would but say like, Yager. Like Gabrick definitely had like a year or two, but I still think of Gabrick's best years being on the wild. That's like I was gonna say, I was gonna interject and just be like my favorite joke for Rangers fans, like has always been that like big your big trade or your big sign's gonna suck ass. And it's like been always. the most automatic joke. So I can appreciate how it's refreshing to have one hit. And I thought too. I thought like my original thought was the my biggest concern for the Rangers with Panarin wasn't really a skill. It was just that like you're basically paying your highest paid player is going to be a wing, not a center, and that can be tricky. Um, I still don't know if the Rangers like 
I don't know, because I mean they have Mika and like Strom's played well and Heedle, like you're not really weak down the center anymore. You don't have that like elite elite, but Mika's pretty fucking good. So but I guess you do have this there. The difference between Panarin and a regular wingers, I feel like wingers are more heavily relied on to score. Like, how often do you have a playmaker on the wing? Like, normally playmakers are centers, correct? Panarin, well, is, Panarin, I would say, is a top three passer in the NHL. Yeah, but I don't think it's that uncommon, though, because if you look at guys like... I don't uh, know. I feel so. like Johnny Gaudreau is more of a passer. He's a winger, like Paul Correa. Like, you definitely have, like, fast wingers who are, like... Artemi Panarin is so much better than Johnny Gaudreau, though. No, I understand, but I'm saying there is a stereotype there, and I think... And I get what you're saying, but the difference between maybe some wingers where I feel like a lot of wingers like feed off their centers off of like breakouts and stuff where but the they through Panarin when he's on the ice. Yeah, but that's a thing, but he can do it. Like right. they like instead of like because you anybody if you listen to this podcast, you probably played hockey before. The breakout's simple. Defenseman goes behind the net, he grabs a puck, he passes it to the wing on the board who hits the center, curling in, and then you're out of the zone. Or you go up to the middle of the center and then over to the fucking winger. They give the puck to Panarin and everybody just fucking flies. Like he he's a one man breakout, dude. It's just it's insane. That's the first thing. You talked about one of your zeros, so I'm gonna talk one about my heroes. I went over to Feverboy Rex's house the other day. <coughs> Shout out to uh the awesomes. Mrs. Awesome's gonna be retiring this coming up soon. So quick shout out to her. She's fucking pumped about it. I'm really excited for her. Uh so we went, we got dude, we well, actually, we go to Wings Over to put in a wing order. They're supposed to open at eleven. We get there at eleven o'clock, nobody's there. We wait until eleven twenty, and then we're like, fuck this. So we ended up getting Marino's, which is like a, a Saratoga staple for pizza. We got a large pizza from Marino's, and then we got 60 chicken wings from Trotters, which is <laughs> unreal. Um, so as we're placing the order, the person who works at wings fucking pulls into the, uh, parking lot at 1125 with giant like earphones on and then opens the store while we were waiting there. There were five different people that went to wings over to order food and they just left. And this is the same lady that I wrote that review about like not that long ago. I don't even remember telling that. So I actually sent an email to wings over, tell them to figure their shit out, but <laughs> went over to the awesome I mean, what what a great game! This was the third game of the four of the four games that they just played. Um, Brendan Smith, I want to bring him up really quick before you talk about Smitty. Quick, okay. I just do want to mention there's there's a it's a really hard feeling to fall in love with a restaurant and for it to be kind of like a state a staple, yeah, your town maybe ten to fifteen years. And they didn't close or go out of business or anything like that. They just started to suck. They just don't care. They just don't care. And like you nailed it. Guys, we went to this place pretty much after every single high school hockey game. We go over wings over. And if anybody's never been to a wings over, you walk in and when it first opened, it was awesome. Everything's chrome inside, like the the tables, the chairs. It's so fucking cold in there. Like it feels like you're in like a like an airport hangar, which is which is probably why they did that. <laughs> the wings were saucy, they were crispy. Now you walk in, it's like muggy. It's dark. It doesn't seem like the chrome's been cleaned in the last three years. It's just, it's so fucking disappointing, dude. It's so disappointing. I know. I'm sorry. Brendan Smith. (laughs) Ever since they got rid of Lemmy, the Rangers need somebody to step up in in terms of like, not an enforcer role, but in a role where it's like, if you fuck with us, I will fight you. And Brendan Smith's done everything and more. I love that guy, dude. Like, you're going to hate. What you're gonna hate this take, but Brendan Brendan Smith's way cooler than Brendan Lemieux. Like I, I don't hate that take. Like, and I I don't want to. 
I'm glad I can get this off my chest. I appreciated the role that Lemieux played for the Rangers, but he was never that sick. And I think if looking at that lineup, like I'm just thinking like theoretically, if my team played the Rangers and someone threw a dirty hit, I would expect Smith to do something before Lemieux. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think I was more hopeful that with Lemieux would turn into his father and just be a fucking rat. And he just never really did it. Just I, I, mean, still, I, think. I still like Lemmy, but he just, I don't know. Would you say he just wasn't consistent about his rattiness? I don't know if it was that. I don't know if the coaches told him that he couldn't do this. Because when he was in Winnipeg, like he got suspended for elbowing Vinny Trocek in the head. So, like, the rat is there. It's just not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, But Smitty's <laughs> been lights out. I've come to a realization the next New York Rangers jersey I get, I'm going to get a Ryan Lindgren jersey once they lock him up. Um, just tough as shit, dude. I've talked about this before. If I ever have a kid and he asks me what a compete level is, I'm just going to show him videos of Ryan Lindgren. Like, he's fucking – you would have loved him on the Bruins. And one of my favorite parts of the whole Ryan Lindgren, like, career is they had played the Boston Bruins and Marshan came out and said, "Who's pretty much, who's Ryan Lindgren? He won't have a long career fuck yourself, Marshan, because this guy's going to be in the NHL for a very long time. And I love him, dude. I I just, I don't understand how he pisses everybody off the way he does. Cause it's not like he's throwing these like super dirty hits or anything like that, but like he'll go with anybody. So I liked him a lot. The kids lines playing pretty well. I think Georgiev got hurt tonight. Again, I haven't seen the game, but so it's just Durkin had to come in. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, Ranger fans, just just tone your expectations because I'm worried that people are going to think because we beat the Devils four in a row, we're going to make the playoffs. I will say this. They're in a way better shape right now than I thought they would have been in. So that is good. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I have on the on the rags. Do you have any other questions for me regarding the Rangers? Probably not. No, not really. I, the one thing I did want to bring up, though, and I'll just transition this into the Bruins, and I'll go quick because I'm sure people don't give a fuck. Uh Looking at that division, I know you guys are seven points back of them and eight points back of the Islanders, but, I mean, Pitt or, Pitt or the Islanders have enough time to kind of fuck up, too. It's not just the Bruins. Like, kind of a tight race. So, as a Bro, if the fan, Islanders just, blow it, I would be. I yeah. don't know what they do. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually a possibility. I'll throw in a second zero of the week, so then I have one and one. My second zero of the week just Paul Mary without a beard. Like, I understand why the guy had a beard now. He looked a lot better. Uh, and it's no disrespect to him. Uh, he looked a lot better without the beard. A lot of people are upset that he had to shave it, like they're personally upset. I'm not really with that, but I do think Lou Lamorello is kind of a hardo. Like, I don't know. It's like Yankees, Islanders, no beards. Do you have any opinion on that? Who uh, Do you see the Yankees got that guy from the Texas Rangers, the second baseman? He was the guy who punched Jose Batista in the face. Oh, he was all about a beard. Odor or whatever. You should look up a picture of him because he looks like a fucking alien. And I was gonna wonder I was gonna ask you who do you think looks sweeter, Odor or Paul Mary? Because Odor looks Ooh, I mean mm, Odor kind of looks like a crazy person, but he if I didn't see a photo of him without the beard, um, I wouldn't have a comment on it. I will say he looks a lot less tough. So much less tough, dude. that guy wouldn't punch Jose Batista in the face. No, 100% not. No. And not that way because he he popped that guy too. Oh, like, I he always didn't thought, think twice. He didn't think twice. He hit him good. Odor is kind of a wild card, and I just thought the same thing with Paul Mary. I think he's been playing well for the Islanders, but it's kind of like 
kind of sad to see. It's like kind of like a pup lost a step, you know? No, for sure. And and before we kind of get into your Bruins, I just have one other thing baseball related. We talked about this before the podcast. I got MLB the show. It's fucking cool. It rode to the show. I was drafted by the Miami Marlins. Do I demand a trade? No. Here's the thing, dude. I feel like if I were in, you, my, in my mind, also in my mind, I thought Derek Jeter chose me specifically. Arguably. So that's one thing. Your favorite player growing up used to wear his cologne. He would be your GM. True. Number two. Number two, you're a prospect, and uh, it's not like the Mar or the Marlins are that great of a team, right? So you're their double A have- team is the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and their triple A team is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And that's so the other thing I was going to throw out there too is you're in Florida, dude. Like when you make it to the show, live in Miami, live that life for a couple of years, and then sign your big ticket elsewhere. I think you oh stick it God. out. You and I are on the same fucking page. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you. <laughs> All right, what's going on in Boston, man? Not much. I'll keep it short. Taylor Hall's got two goals so far since he came over. I was kind of nervous he was going to be like Rick Nash. Um, How does he look? Is he making a difference? Like, cool, he scored two goals. But, like, is he noticeable on the ice? Does he look good on the power play? Like, So his first couple of shifts, his first couple of periods were tough. Every now and then, like, Taylor Hall, to me, he's so fast that sometimes when he's not sprinting, he just looks like he's not trying. Yeah. He's like, in position. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Things that I've noticed about him, though, like breakout, like he can skate, he can break it out himself, or he throws like crisp passes. Um, David Krejci's looked a ton better with him on his wing, which is the biggest positive because basically what happens, Krejci usually brings the puck into the zone. He holds up and Hall's always flying down a wing. So that's kind of good. And the other thing I noticed when Taylor Hall can back check, like he, when he uses that speed for positives like that, and it's not like Rick Nash plays a two-way game. Like I noticed like explosive back checks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's awesome to see. So I like it. I'm I'm not so has, has he thrown any monster hits yet? Because he's thrown a couple hits. He hit, dude, he can actually hit. Yeah, do you remember that? I forget who he caught coming behind the net that one year and he just absolutely killed him. Killed him. So I don't, I don't know. No, was it Vertanen? Could Somebody on the Canucks. Somebody on the Canucks, right? Could have been Vertanen. Um, they, they fought over the dead like the dead guy. Yeah. That was yeah. Which is kind of cool that he has that edge, I guess. I don't know. I like that he's wearing 71 and he's on the second line. It kind of shows like I hate that. 71, you don't like that number? 71 is, oh, look at me. I'm the new guy in town. Like, wear 17. Wear like a fucking normal number. Okay. I think it's kind of funky. I don't really mind it for some reason. I bet, uh, the, I bet, the, I bet the locker room is in shambles after that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't. So far, it's going good. I don't know about long term yet, but I, I we're definitely a better team. Like, offensively, the depth's there. Craig Smith's playing on that line. I thought he was going to drop to the third line. Uh, but Craig Smith, eight, 18 points in his last 16 games. Uh, I talked about him at the beginning of the year. I said he just looked like a hockey player. Uh, he just like he has this weird style about him, and he wasn't really producing at the beginning of the year, but last 20 games or so, pretty much every night he's noticeable. He works hard. Um, I, I don't know. I like Craig Smith. Pucks on that. Do you think that there's anybody in the world that if you ask them who their favorite player is, they say Craig Smith? I bet you. So I've thought about this. So, yes, I do. And the only reason I think that is Craig Smith. Uh, I got to look it up because I don't want to misquote myself. He's a, he's a Wisconsin guy, right? So he's from Madison, Wisconsin. He played for the Badgers. So right there, I bet you there was a kid that grew up in Madison. Yeah. From his hometown. He was captain of uh, the Badgers. And then I think he spent like a tad bit of time for Milwaukee in the AHL before going to the Preds. So I just think there's definitely some kid in in Wisconsin that fucking loves Craig Smith. 
He's no. actually he actually he's actually lived a pretty cool hockey career. I mean, so he far. was in Nashville that whole time, and like, plus, like, dude, just... being from Wisconsin, playing for the University of Wisconsin, that's fucking pretty cool, dude. Like, the Badgers are a really good hockey team, and then, oh, you got to go to Milwaukee, and that probably sucked. But then you go right to Nashville. Like, Nashville would be a top five team that I would want to play for in the NHL in terms of like living. No, oh, no, hundred percent. Like, and also pretty close to Wisconsin. So shout out Craig Smith. Uh, Nashville's close to Wisconsin. Not really, I don't think, but it's like it's not like across the country. I don't fucking know, dude. I kind of just tossed that out there. Uh, You wanted to bring you asked me about this guy a couple times. Curtis is our one other question uh, regarding Taylor Hall. When can I ask you if you want to resign him next year? When will you know? Uh, when the Bruins get eliminated. Oh, dude, no, fuck that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you in. I can't, dude. I can't. I I. If the Bruins don't make the playoffs, then I will. Two weeks. Two weeks. I'm going to ask you in two weeks. But it, it's all going to depend on how he looks in the playoffs to me. That's all I'm going to give a shit about. All right. All right. All right. But you, you can ask me in two weeks. Uh, Curtis Lazar has brought a ton of energy. I like Curtis Lazar. He's kind of woken up. Crowley and Wagner both sucked eggs this year. Uh, they're two of my favorite players on the team, so it's good. They kind of have the juice back in them. They're throwing the body. Pucks on net. I, I like Lazar a ton. I'm happy that he was kind of the throw-in in that trade because I think it kind of changed our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you? Oh, I mean, bro, I don't. I don't think he was a throw-in at all. I think. think your, I think your GM purposely asked for him. Yeah, I don't. I I'm happy he did. Speaking of other trades, Mike Riley. I still have no clue who he is, but I like him a lot. Uh, he's, good? Yeah, he had like a couple turnovers today, but like overall, he's just so smooth with the puck on the breakout. Like he can break the puck out defensively he doesn't throw the body but he's got like a good stick he's like sound do you know what i mean yeah he can skate so people don't blow by him so he's just kind of like that modern day nhl defenseman nothing crazy but if i don't notice mike riley like i'm super happy with mike riley because our d's been kind of a fucking circus this year do you have him for a few years how does that how old is he he's he's 27 he's a ufa oh he's old yeah and this is like his big break i look at it like every now and then some d flourish later i think he's gonna get paid if he keeps playing like this he's gonna get paid so i don't know if that'll be the bruins or somebody else where's john um, moore long term i are yeah he had hip surgery uh the last thing i just wanted to bring up the bruins play the capitals today super chippy i just wanted to bring it up i think my least favorite player in the league is garnett hathaway at this point i've come to accept that nobody so every i think every division you've played all the same teams all year long you probably all have one guy in your brain right now that you're thinking, I fucking hate this guy every time my team plays him. It's not Tom Wilson on the Capitals. It's Garnett Hathaway. He drives me insane. He's good at what he does, but he's just such a weasel, and he has this grin on his face, and it's like, I don't know. He just thinks he's the man. I, I can't I can't describe it. Good at what he does. He just pisses me off. He's low-key dirty. Like I think he actually is dirty, and I just don't know if like well, he thinks he's dirty. I don't know. Dirty like as a good player, or dirty as just like a rat because he spit like a rat. Face, well, he spit in somebody's face like a year ago. That's what I'm saying. So he spit on a guy. That's a minus one. Uh, today he he boarded Tenority, who went into the board's face first, and like <laughs> oh my god, Tenority, the new Adam Qu- McQuaid. Uh, it's tough, dude. I feel bad for Tenority. That was a tough one. Uh, Wait, he what got happened? Out of the game for it though, so it no. sucked because there are no fireworks because he got kicked out. That kind of stunk. Wait, so what um, happened? I, I missed that because when you said Tenorti got hurt again, I just thought of McQuaid. Tenorti kind of turned last second. He was kind of far away from the boards. Hathaway kind of hit him from behind, and then Tenorti fell face first into the boards. 
And was there blood? Yeah, profusely. Oh uh, so shout out to Tenority. That sucked. Uh, I'll get on front of this too because Bruins Twitter was all over this. Tom Wilson elbowed Sean Corrali in the head, but Sean Corrali was like falling and it was really awkward. And I don't blame Tom Wilson for this one. And I think if you do, you don't really have ever played hockey. Yeah, you're just kind of reaching for the. It's like it's it's so easy when somebody's been suspended so many times. Uh, any little thing. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's like I when I saw it, gut instinct when I saw the hit, I was like, bad. I hate again. Tom Wilson, yeah. this motherfucker <laughs> threw another yeah. headshot, and then I saw the replay, and I was like, just a hockey awkward hockey play. Sucked for Corrali, but he came back, so all is good. Any fireworks after that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, pretty much right after that, Hathaway through that hit and then the refs threw him out and the game kind of quieted down from there. Do you remember when Brad Marchand like killed Lars Eller? Yep. Was Tom Wilson on the team then? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't Did they ever pay for that? Did they ever fight again? I don't think so. I think actually I think Marchand might have fought Eller a second time. I think Eller challenged him again. I don't know if I remember that incorrectly, but I think Marchand did fight somebody else. Yes, he did. Mar- Eller challenged Marchand again. I think Marchand won. But it was like a shit fight. Because I remember that was the same year that happened, and then didn't somebody sucker Aaron Ekblad? Max Domi. That yeah. was like the most disrespectful thing. That's It sucks because yeah. Ekblad had such a good year. Shout out to him, and then he had that terrible injury. But I remember we came on this podcast, <laughs> and we basically said Ekblad might have to end his career because like Max Domi was so disrespectful. Side note, I saw a photo today. I don't know if it was a concert or a sporting <laughs> event or something, but Ty Domi was sitting with Tom Brady in a – in a press box at like yeah. something. What the hell is that? How is Ty Domi rub arms with those people? Wait, Ty Domi or Max Domi? Ty Domi was with hanging out with Tom Brady, like chuckling. Um, I mean, when you think of hockey, if you ask anybody who's a hockey fan, they, they, I, feel, I would feel like 90% of the people would know who Ty, Ty Domi is. Right? Yeah, I guess. Now he was tough as shit. He had a hell of a no, career. hundred percent. But do you really think that Tom Brady knows who Ty Domi is or like cares? I feel like Tom Brady hangs out with like Bezos or like people like that. Like he like goes to the Met Gala. Like I don't think Ty Domi like rubs shoulders with like the fucking. Yeah, but Tom Brady would definitely hang out with Ty Domi over like Basil McRae. <laughs> yeah, I guess, dude. What's right? How did you just go to Basil McRae? I don't know. Just felt right. But yeah, dude, Garnet Hathaway, like even when they play the Rangers, like he's that guy that you just wish somebody on your team would just punch in the fucking face. Like, yeah, that's the easiest way to t- to describe that and guy. You can tell time. that you can tell everyone on your team wants to punch him in the face too. But nobody does. Right. Well, I think someone fought him up. Nick Ritchie fought him the last time the Bruins played. That was nice. That's your boy. How's he doing? struggling to be honest with you he's kind of on a he's kind of on a cold streak they moved him down the third line he played some fourth line minutes wait he, you, remember, you remember when milberry made fun of a richie for being fat was it him or was it his brother it was him not his wasn't brother. The, isn't the brother wait isn't the brother fat too no his brother wasn't fat his brother was just bad okay stand corrected all right a little bruins talk um <laughs> We really only have one more segment, and we've pretty much done all of our heroes and zeros. Do you have anything else with that? Yeah, I'll do. I'll do a hero and zero really quick. Hero of the week. Uh, Wait, hold on, week. dude. Wait, hold on, dude. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. 
Dominic Morris here is in zeros. Really quick, I'll throw in here. I actually like Don Moore's opinions on a lot of stuff for the most part. I think he actually is a good analyst. Thoughts? I mean, dude. He doesn't throw out hot takes. He like he's pretty like uh like he's a Harvard guy. Like he's like statistical, I feel like, about his approach. You know what's weird? The Rangers had Ryan Callahan on an MSG show. I forget what game it was, and they hyped it up where like Callahan's gonna be doing analysis in between periods. Haven't seen or heard from him since. And that was like a while ago. Weird. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Dude, dude, I love Callahan. Have you ever listened to Callahan as an analyst? He knows what he's talking about. And I he was on a pot was he on spin chicklets? He was on a podcast where I listened to him and like he seemed like a pretty all right guy. He seemed a lot cooler on that interview than he did when I met him. Yeah, he's probably like, Who the fuck is this kid? Uh I'm the captain. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I still think Patrick, I mean Something I Patrick Sharp on the NBC crew. I hope whatever happens next year, he's still on TV a good amount. I like Patrick Sharp. I don't, do you? Do you not? Do you not have opinion on Sharp? I just think like he's he's po- I, I like Sharp because he's positive usually about both teams. Like it's hard to yeah. get pissed at him. He's just smiling and he like pumps you up a little bit, and that's that's a good role. You need that guy in there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I just kind of wish that they got somebody more salt of the earth in there. They well, they got rid of all the bad boys essentially, so now it's just a lot of positivity. I agree with that. Uh, I'll keep it positive. Hero of the week. Uh, it's magic number season. This is actually one of my favorite. I love the fucking spreadsheets. You can look at the schedule and just see it kind of uh, go down. Watch teams' numbers decline till that magic number hits zero and they're eliminated. It's beautiful to watch. Do uh, do the Bruins make the playoffs? I'm gonna say. I'm going to say yes at this point, but I would still say, my, in my mind, they have an 88% chance of making the playoffs. Did you uh, did you mention Swayman when we were talking Bruins? I mean, we talked about him a bunch the last couple of weeks, so I didn't bring him up again. But he, he had his first career shutout uh, the other night against the Islanders. We, we swept the Islanders back-to-back nights, and he had a shutout, so he's still feeling it. It's pretty fucking good, dude. It's not bad, and Tuka's back, and he looks good, too. So I think I think that's our one-two punch, and I think Yarrow Halak's days might be numbered. Uh, oh, I don't know. I You really don't have much. You watched the Rangers. That was your hero. My other zero of the week, I was just going to throw this out there. We can end on this. You brought up uh, MLB The Show. The Yankees suck. Uh, I just I just wanted to kind of put that out into the air. Uh, Ked, do you have any thoughts on your favorite team? I mean the Yankees. Oh, the, the Yankees have gone five and ten ever since I bought a Padres jersey. So how did the New York Yankees lose like twenty two of their last twenty five to Tampa Bay Rays? Because they're filled with people. The Yankees are pretenders. They're filled with people on their team that pretend to be New York Yankees. Honestly, if I'm the Yankees, I take away the fucking pinstripes, dude. Make them wear all, make them wear all whites and all grays. Fucking earn. Don't we do that? Am I wrong? Is there like spring training not have pinstripes or something like that? Like, oh, I don't know. They That'd should. be hilarious. Yeah. If you actually have to earn pinstripes. That would be fucking so funny. They should. They, if they, the Yankees need to remove their pinstripes. Now that I've heard that idea out loud, I feel like that will solve all their problems. Right? Bring the boys back. Tell them like grow out your facial hair. You haven't earned it. Um, I mean, do you? Th- there's no one on the roster that you think has earned them at this point. Like maybe Cole? Um, Garrett Cole for sure. That Garrett Cole might be the one of the best pitchers I think I've ever seen play for my favorite team. Like he's that fucking good. Um, DJ LeMay, who has earned his pinstripes. Aaron Judge. 
What, Aaron Judge had like two good years and they just forgot that he needed to stay healthy to fucking play baseball? What about Sanchez? No, get him the fuck out. <laughs> I hate Gary Sanchez, dude. The Kraken? Yeah, you scare me, dude. But this yeah. goes back to us talking baseball for the podcast. Everybody wants home runs. Like People like kill for a guy who's hit 22 home runs at bats 180. It's insane. Uh, it's the short ports, bro. Before we wrap it up, quick shout out to Jordan Clapp. Uh, he passed away earlier this week. He's one of my really pretty good friends, buddies, or his brother. And uh, he was a big Devils fan. Went to the wake today. I walk in and there's a fucking New Jersey Devils clap jersey there. I like that's fucking cool. Um, really, really sad stuff. Uh, he was, I mean, he was just a fucking great kid. So, um, shout out to the clap family. Getting emotional. This sucks, but uh, yeah, that's what I have there. And then I'm trying to think. It's pretty much all I got. Anything else? That's it. Uh, shout out to the claps. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. Shout out Bizdev Dale. Hope you're doing well, dude. Um, any thoughts on that? Shout don't out, get, shout, out to, started, shout out to the podcast that was released earlier this week with Pat McAfee making a guest appearance. That was cool. That was cool. Fucking Disco and Jenkins, man. And they do Disco and Jenkins are so cool about it. like, hey, can, we, can you set us up? So we set them all up and everything. Like, easy peasy. I love seeing that shit. That was really cool. I don't know why I was gonna. Mike Ruzioni's coming on the podcast. So that's gonna be episode two hundred. So, uh. He won us a gold medal. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the USA team winning a gold in 1980, but uh, that'll be fucking cool. But, yeah, that's kind of all I got. And, Hal, thanks, man. Thank you, dude. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you, dude. All right, see you guys.